Going beyond the headlines? Getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. News organizations have struggled with the correct approach to dealing with online comments. How do you maintain feedback but ensure that feedback isn't toxic? My next guest has been studying the world of online comments. Maita Taboada is a professor, Department of Linguistics, Simon Fraser University. She joins us today. Hello, Professor Taboada. Hello, Angela. Thanks for having me on the show. How do you define a news troll? Yeah, those are... uh people that um, get a kick out of uh, getting other people uh, offended, uh, uh, upset, or, uh, you know, just uh, outraged at whatever it is they say. Uh, So trolls are bad, and we know there are many out there. But um, what my research has been showing is that there are not as many as we think. Uh, Part of the problem is that when you see a little bit of bad behavior online, it feels like Everything is bad, um, but especially when people are commenting on news stories, there are fewer trolls than you may think. So how did you go about looking at whether or not there were a lot of trolls out there or what was being shared online wasn't toxic? Right. We have collected uh, quite a bit of data from different news organizations, mostly uh, articles posted on the website of the Global Mail, but we've also looked um, here locally at a BC-based newspaper, the TAI, um, and we have some other comments. And what we did is ask humans, uh, ask human raters to tell us whether the comment was constructive or not and whether it was toxic or not. And uh, the raters read the story and then looked at the comment. And we define constructive as, as the good comments, the ones that we want, want to have more of. They're related to the story. They provide opinion, but the opinion has some backing. There is a personal story. There is some data. There's some, some reason for why that person is expressing that opinion. And we also ask them if the comment was toxic or not. And there are many forms of toxicity. There can be attacks. There can be profanity. And often sarcasm is, is perceived as um, verbal aggression. Um, And we found that the majority of the comments were constructive. Like I said, they were related to the story. There was a point of view that you may agree with or not, but but there was some some content there and some ideas being put forward. Uh, We did find some toxic comments, but in our data set, it's about 20% of the comments were toxic. So the majority were constructive. Maida, how much do you think this has to do with just the shift that news organizations have seen in the last number of years? Because originally, everyone wanted online comments, and then you did see all the the vicious comments, the trolls, as you say, coming out. And then it seemed like news organizations either had to shut down comments altogether, or they had to make sure that there was someone monitoring all those comments. So I'm, I'm wondering if even recently we have seen less of it because those news organizations have had to clamp down on them. Yes, so there are many approaches to this problem. Some organizations say, no, we cannot deal with the comments, we cannot uh, moderate them. Uh, Some of them selectively close comments on stories that they know are going to be controversial. The uh, most famous case uh, is the CBC closing comments on indigenous stories because they found that those drew a large number of abusive comments, which is really quite, quite sad to think about. Um, And most organizations that 
that allow comments have some form of moderation. They have moderation before the comment is posted. They have humans checking the content. Sometimes there's some form of artificial intelligence, some algorithm checking for it. And they also make sure that the other commenters have a role to play. So they, somebody can report a, a comment as abusive if, if you find it online. So it's everyone's uh, taking a bit of responsibility here. I also yes. want to talk, though, about the fact that we need to have these comments sometimes because maybe it's, uh, I don't want the toxic ones, but we've got to have differing views because then those people involved in these online forums aren't just living in an echo chamber and they're actually seeing other views expressed. Absolutely. And that's what I often say about comments. I have learned a lot from reading so many comments in the course of my research. I always like to tell this story. I started reading comments assiduously during the teacher's strike that we had in BC in 2014-15 because I wanted to know when my kids would be going back to school. So I was reading articles from across the political spectrum, from different uh, news sources and reading the comments. And what I found was people that had views so different from my own that it took me a while to understand where they were coming from. But really the comments allowed me to see their their point of view and see why they held that view. doesn't mean that I immediately changed my mind and agree with them, um, but it, it, I sort of understood, okay, I know why you may think that way. And I think that's really important. Like you said, uh, we don't uh, we're not talking so much about echo chambers, but there's still a problem. It's still a problem if you get all your news and all your opinion from one source. I think we need to be engaged with each other. And what I'm trying to do with my research is promote more of that constructive uh, commentary and get rid of the toxicity that we know drives people away. We don't want people to go away from the comment sections because there's a lot of good stuff in there. It can be emotionally draining reading the comment section. It has been at times. Yes. <laughs> you did touch on, though, the algorithms, because are there algorithms or programs out there then that organizations, if they don't have the manpower to be able to go through all the comments, will at least be able to have a filter system? Are those already in place in some areas? Yes, many news organizations and many organizations implement some form of, of filtering before comments are made public. And sometimes it's uh, very simply automated. There's a list of profanity and anything with that doesn't see the light of day. Uh, sometimes it's a bit more intelligent. Uh, trying to, to understand sarcasm is not a solved problem yet. Yeah. Um, but sometimes comments get flagged and sent to a human for, for checking. Maita, thank you so much for your time and your research. Thank you. Maita Taboada is a professor, Department of Linguistics at Simon Fraser University.